You're listening to Upfront. I'm Brian Edwards-Teekert. In San Francisco, it is another month, another special election, this time to fill the vacant assembly seat representing the eastern half of the city, Assembly District 17, formerly occupied by David Chu. Two candidates are going to a runoff on Tuesday, April 19th, and we will be speaking to both of them, starting with David Campos, currently vice chair of the California Democratic Party, formerly District 9 supervisor in San Francisco. David Campos, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you for having me. I think um, most of our listeners who follow San Francisco politics associate both you and your opponent, Matt Haney, with, with the progressive wing of city politics in San Francisco. I haven't been able to find a state bill the two of you have taken different positions on. What would you say are the meaningful distinctions you think make you a better candidate? Well, I think there are a couple of things. And the first thing is the way that we are running our campaign. And, you know, I am proud to be running as a progressive uh, who has chosen to be corporate free. And what you have seen, uh, unfortunately, with the other candidate is, you know, moving away from progressive politics and really moving towards the center and towards the right on a number of issues. Uh, And just the way that we're running the campaign, I think, illustrates the kind of uh, representative we will be. I am running corporate free because I believe that the changes that are needed in California have not happened because of the way people are elected. And let's take as an example, Medicare for all, uh, single payer. Uh, We have a supermajority of Democrats in California, and yet the bill for single payer could not get a vote. And that's because you have these Democrats who run on a platform promising single payer as they're funding their campaigns uh, with money from individuals that are against single payer. And, you know, when they get to office, what they what they do, they don't deliver on the change they promise. And instead, they, they vote with their pockets. And in this case, even though we're both saying that we are for Medicare for all, I have chosen not to take a single dime from the lobby that is against Medicare for all. Uh, And that's not the case with the other candidate. In fact, you know, not only have there been direct contributions to his campaign, but there are actually independent expenditures funded by the anti-Medicare lobby uh, for his campaign. And I think that the people of San Francisco, the people of California want individuals that finally deliver on the promises they make. And, And I think that's what this is about. You drew some criticism um, for contributions you received, not from a corporation, but from somebody who owns one, Rob Rosania, the founder of Maximus Real Estate, the developer behind uh, the failed proposal deemed the monster in the mission by its opponents in your former supervisorial district. Um, I, I understand you've returned that money now? Yes, we, we have returned the money. And, uh, but the point here is this, you know, that this individual gave me money, not because he thought that I was going to, you know, uh, do him political favors. Uh, we actually beat this individual politically. We beat him uh, in, in pushing back against his monster in the mission. And I think he gave me money, not because he expects me to vote in a certain way, but because he respects me, you know, and what I've found in politics is that there are times when people disagree with you, but they still support you because they respect your integrity. Nevertheless, you know, we wanted to make a point uh, about that, and that's why we return that money. 
but the thing about this election is that it is a very critical election, not just for San Francisco, but for the state of California. This is arguably the most progressive assembly district in the state of California. And the, the establishment and the powers that be that don't want change in Sacramento are pouring a lot of money to defeat me because they know that if they can get a more moderate, a more corporate oriented Democrat in this seat, that it's a victory for them. And that's why in this race, uh, we have been outspent by a million dollars. There were independent expenditures in the primary uh, of a million dollars for my, my opponent and against me. And nevertheless, we're still not only in the mix, but you know, our polling shows that we're pulling ahead because people want candidates that are beholden to them, not the corporate interests that have been running the show in Sacramento for so long. I, I get the campaign finance argument. I don't know how much fruitful discussion we can have there. I'd like to try to tease out policy differences. So since we can't we can't identify like a specific bill that you two have opposite positions on, maybe we should talk big picture visions. Like housing is one of the defining crises confronting state government, the, the lack of affordable housing. Um, if you get to the Capitol, what's your plan? Well, and I think that is a real difference in terms of where we are. You know, uh, uh, Matt Haney, unfortunately, has become the candidate that that is very different, you know, where he is today, where he was six months ago. You know, he is now the Yimby candidate uh, who is saying that we should build, you know, more housing. But it doesn't matter what kind of housing we build, even if we build just more luxury housing, that somehow that benefit will trickle down to the rest of us. And while I believe that we need to build more uh, housing, I do think that it matters the kind of housing we build and that for us to actually address the housing crisis, we need to focus on building more affordable housing. And so that is a big difference, you know, because I don't believe that we should just give a blank check to developers and let them build whatever they want. I think that we have a, a responsibility to make sure that projects that are built uh, are actually affordable to the people of San Francisco, not just the wealthy. And in terms of my role on housing in Sacramento, I've made it clear that my priority will be to push for the building, not just of more housing, but of more affordable housing. And one of the things that I have proposed and that I will push if I'm elected uh, is the having a statewide housing bond. Uh, my experience, not only as a supervisor, but as a deputy county administrator in Santa Clara County, is that to build affordable housing, government has to play a role. That if you leave it to the market and leave it to developers, the housing they will build is luxury housing because they're going to build housing that maximizes profits. We need to have bond funding to make affordable housing a reality in California. And unfortunately, that has not been a priority for the state. And when I get there, I'm going to make sure that it is because I think that the teachers who educate our kids, the 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 folks that deliver our food, that take care of our kids and our parents, they deserve to have a place to live in California. And that won't happen unless the state steps in and allows, uh, provides for funding of that affordable housing for those individuals. Great. So let's try to tease out details. Like dollar figure, how, how big is state bond for affordable housing? I actually think that you're talking about tens of billions of dollars. You know, when I was in Santa Clara County, the 
measure that I oversaw, the implementation measure A, was actually a $950 million measure, billion dollars. And that's for just a county of 2 million people. So if you're looking at a statewide ballot, uh, you're talking probably about tens of billions of dollars. And why is that important? Because I think that the way that housing has worked uh, uh, statewide is that it's been left to the individual jurisdictions to figure it out on its own. And I think that the state needs to play a role and step in. So so I don't know what the exact amount is. It's something that I think we need to study. Uh, but I do think that it has to be significant enough to actually make a difference uh, and to supplement what's happening at the local level and also at the state, at the federal level. And, and that's something else that we're going to have to do, make sure that we work with our federal delegations throughout the state of California, which, you know, we have we have the largest uh, congressional delegation in the country to make sure that they prioritize federal funding for housing for Californians. Assuming uh, that you wave your magic wand and, and tens of billions of dollars in state subsidy for affordable housing are unlocked, what would you propose the state do about communities that want to block the construction of new affordable housing? Well, I, I think that the, this is where I think there might be some agreement with what some of the, you know, the YIMBYs have talked about. I do think that there are parts of California jurisdictions, communities that don't want any housing built. And I believe that that we need to require those uh, communities to build that housing. Uh, and, you know, certainly in the Bay Area, you have seen that in the nine county Bay Area. Uh, there are some parts of the Bay Area that don't want anything built. And quite frankly, you know, there's some negative, uh, you know, a lot of negative reasons behind that, including, by the way, that that some neighborhoods uh, are so monolithic and they don't want diversity. They, they certainly don't want people who look like me moving into those neighborhoods. Uh, so I think that that the state has a role to play in requiring everyone to to play their role and pay their fair share. Uh, I also think that there is a way that we can do that while at the same time protecting some neighborhoods that have experienced uh, displacement and gentrification. And, and that's perhaps an area where I think we need to continue to provide some protection to neighborhoods like the Mission, Bayview, where people have you know faced displacement over the years. And so I think it really is about a balance and there is a role for the play to, for the state to play. At the same time, I do believe that we need to make sure that there's still consideration for local voices uh, so that the needs of local communities are also taken into account. They shouldn't, uh, you know, override or veto what happens, but they should be considered. All right, David Campos, we're going to leave it there and uh, speak to your rival for the position. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity, Brian. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That's David Campos, currently vice chair of the California Democratic Party, formerly District 9 supervisor for San Francisco. That's principally the Mission District. Now on to the other candidate in the runoff for Assembly District 17. Matt Haney is currently serving as San Francisco supervisor for District 6. That is the Tenderloin and most points east of it. Supervisor, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's great to be with you. It's good to have you. Um, We start our candidate interviews with really broad questions. I can't find a state bill that you and David Campos have taken different positions on. What would you say are the meaningful distinctions that make you better for the assembly than your opponent? I think the the big difference is approach to leadership and track record. Uh, I've been leading the toughest district in San Francisco 
throughout the pandemic and have been on the front lines of really the biggest issues that we're facing in the city and the state, uh, housing, homelessness, public safety, uh, inequality. And I've been able to deliver. Uh, I think I understand what our residents are going through, what they need. Uh, I've been able to bring people together to get things done. And I think voters are going to be looking at for the things that they're most concerned about right now, who's been there for them, uh, who's been accountable and who's delivered. And I think that that's the main difference in the race. Uh, Certainly both David and I will be progressives. We have progressive track records, uh, but uh, I think I have a track record that uh, is stronger on the issues that are most important for voters and also uh, more uh, uh, immediate to the realities that our city and our state face coming out of what has been a very challenging couple of years during this pandemic. Supervisor Campos raised a, a distinction that I'd, I'd like to offer you a chance to respond to. Um, he said, on the basis of where campaign money comes from, you can get a sense of how hard each of us will fight for the things that we agree on on paper. He criticized you for taking money from groups that oppose single-payer health care, by, by which I presume he meant the California Medical Association. Uh, what, what's your response? Well, David Campos has uh, ran his entire campaign on this on this concept that he himself cannot live up to. Uh, he has taken money from developers and real estate interests, corporate executives. Uh, some of actually the worst developers in San Francisco have donated to his campaign. So even on his one talking point, his one tagline uh, that he has used again and again in the absence of any uh, really case for his own his own leadership or or track record. He hasn't lived up to it. Uh, the reality is that uh, the overwhelming majority of the support that I've received has come from working people. The uh, Most of the labor unions from SEIU to AFSCME, the Teamsters, firefighters, nurses uh, have endorsed me and they've backed me and they've put resources and support on the line. And so my support has come from working people and it's come from individuals and his is actually uh, much more backed by corporate executives so he's, he's drawn this imaginary line uh, that he himself cannot live up to. And I think it's, it's really a distraction from what most people care about, which is what you're going to do for them and what you have done from them, for them. And that's the type of campaign that, that I've run. And he's mostly focused on me and this imaginary idea that, that I, about corporate donations. You know, even the folks that he points to, like the California Medical Association, which represent all of the doctors in the state who know that I disagree with them on single payer health care. And I have the support of the author of single payer health care in California. Uh, But there are things that I will work with the doctors on, of course. And the reality is David sought their endorsement and didn't get it. And now he's saying that they're somehow, you know, somebody he would never talk to. I think that's not uh, honest. And uh, I will be accountable to the residents of this district and the many individuals and working people who have supported me in this campaign. Let's talk about broad strokes agendas, since there's not a lot of uh, sharp delineations between the two of you. Defining crisis, confronting California state government, housing affordability in this state. Uh, what, what would you be pursuing when you get to the Capitol? We need uh, massive investments in affordable and social housing uh, to meet our goals for uh, providing for 
housing affordability for Californians. Uh, we have not built enough housing overall, and we have not built enough affordable housing. Um, I will pursue you know, huge uh, public housing, affordable housing bonds, uh, make sure that we pass legislation so that our state can get in the business of social housing, which uh, you know is, is a model that exists around the world and in places like Vienna, where uh, the large majority of people in their city actually live in social housing. It's a type of housing where you can have a mixed income and uh, projects that are financially sustainable, uh, but are uh, developed by uh, public entities. Um, this is something that I plan to pursue. Now, we also have to make sure that we can build multi-unit housing in places that right now uh, are, are exclusive. Uh, there are many cities and counties around the state that really are not building any new housing at all. If you want to build an apartment building or an affordable housing unit there, uh, they shut everything down and they come up with ridiculous things like we saw uh, in, a, in a suburb outside of San Francisco that said their entire city is a mountain lion preserve as a way to avoid building new housing. You know, that's that's something that we really need a proactive and aggressive leadership on to add housing uh, that we desperately need. We are millions of units short for our population. And I'm somebody who's built more housing in my supervisor district than any other, including supportive housing and affordable housing, hundreds of millions of dollars for supportive housing. And we have to protect the housing we have and take housing off the speculative market, uh, protect tenants. Uh, if you can believe it, out of 120 members of the state legislature, only two are renters. Uh, that's less than 2% in a state that where nearly 50% of our residents are uh, tenants, are renters. And I'm the only uh, renter in this race. I would be just the third in the state legislature. And I've represented people who are facing eviction. So not only do we need to build more housing and affordable housing, we need someone who's going to stand up and champion uh, eviction protections, uh, rent control, and, and really uh, protect tenants at a time when they're, they continue to be under attack. Let's get into details when you talk about a statewide housing bond. Um, like, how much? What, what's the dollar figure? Well, I mean, our need is tremendous. So, you know, I, I, I you know, it's, it would be in the tens of billions. Obviously, this is a, pro a process that requires, uh, uh, you know, uh, legislation that then is, you know, put forward onto the ballot. Uh, social housing has a bill right now that uh, it needs to pass and has faced some challenges in the state legislature. I just passed a, a resolution here in San Francisco to support that bill because California actually needs to authorize the ability to go into uh, developing social housing. So we've, we've had some other models that I'd like to pursue at the state level. Here in San Francisco, we have a jobs housing linkage fee, which is when you build a commercial office buildings, when you develop commercially, you have to pay a fee uh, that goes into affordable housing to build housing for workers. Uh, I authored legislation to double that fee in, in San Francisco, which Will, will help build thousands of units, and California should have a similar approach. Uh, we can't continue to grow our state with, with jobs, which is important, commercial office developments, and not build the necessary housing for workers. That's workers at all levels. You know, when you build a, an office building, it's not only the people who work in the offices, but it's the people who clean those buildings. It's the security guards. It's the teachers who need to be there for those families who work there. So these are things that I think we need to build in a much more balanced way. Our, our state has 
uh, aggressive goals on building housing now, but it won't happen without regional and state housing bonds changing in zoning uh, and you know aggressive leadership to make sure that this happens. Do you think there is ever a tension between making it easier to build market rate housing and maximizing the amount of affordable housing that gets built? Well, we have to do both. I mean, this is why it's so important to have uh, investments in social housing and affordable housing, public housing, subsidized affordable, uh, that we uh, ensure that uh, we invest in those things and, and that we are uh, really as a state stepping up to those the, to that need. Uh, the market is not going to provide for for everyone. Uh, the market, in many cases, if left to its own devices, uh, will not build for for more low income uh, uh, folks or even uh, uh, work, working class people. So we we have to make sure that we step in and intervene. With that said, with that said, you know we have to uh, allow for uh, particularly apartment buildings, multi unit, fourplexes to increase our housing supply, and like in San Francisco, wherever possible, we need to have uh, uh, inclusionary affordable housing so that uh, we have a set uh, uh, standard so that when there are private developments that they also include units that are affordable uh, for working people. Um, that's something we've done in, in San Francisco and I've supported aggressively those, those projects. And when uh, projects meet those standards at a state level, they should be allowed. And that's really the model that I think needs to be embedded into state law. Uh, we need a lot more units, and we need units at all levels. All right, Supervisor Haney, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for speaking to us. Thank you. Thanks for your time. It's the voice of Matt Haney, San Francisco Supervisor, currently representing District 6, one of two candidates in the runoff to fill the vacant seat in Assembly District 17. That's the eastern half of San Francisco. Voting will end on April 19th.